Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. I tell my message tonight, let this new year be a new day. <laughs> let this new year be a new day. Everybody, don't let 2024 click along without you addressing yourself and going, hang on, it's a new year. What, what does that mean? What do I, what, what, could, what could happen? What do I need to do in order to enter into everything that God's got for me this year? And it could actually be a brand new day in your life. And you need to realise that Jesus' plan for your life is a new day. Um, I do not have the life that I had. I don't have the life that my family had for generations, probably. Especially on my dad's side, it was pain, it was problems, it was alcoholism, it was addiction, it was mental illness. Sue and I do not have that anymore because, not of us, but because of Jesus Christ and putting ourselves in His house and then walking after Him. And uh, I want to tell you, I'm never bored. I'm challenged, but I'm never bored because uh, we're outworking what God has placed in our life, which the enemy clouded over my family, by the way, for generations. Some of you are still under a cloud because your family was under a cloud. And your family before, your latest family, they were under a cloud. Here's the good news. Jesus came to break the chain. He came to give you sight when you can't see. He wants your eyes opened. And uh, I know there's a lot of people walk around, they've just got no sight. Well, get around some people who can see. There's nothing like getting sight from people who see what you don't see. And I started getting around some Christians who, who also wanted to see, that was a good thing. Look for friends who wanna see what God's got. But get around some believers who see, and it's amazing how it begins to rub off on you. Get around uncommitted, People get around people who don't go to church, there's no commitment in their life. Uh, you watch, they talk very spiritual, but there's no fruit. There's no fruit. Some people have got the biggest spiritual chat. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord, yes, the Lord's with us. Lord. I'm like, oh, whatever. Where's your fruit? There's no fruit. Where are the lives you're impacting? Where are the cities you're impacting? Where's the people in church you're impacting? Where is your family being impacted? And uh, soon I had to start where you need to start, firstly with their own children. Starting with our three boys, that was our first mission. First home group was three young lads. And uh, as we declared over their lives, God, you have a plan for our children, not just us. And as soon I loved them, but led them. Loved them, but led them. They didn't lead us, we were leading them. And today, thank God, I believe in their own right, they're all great men of God in Jesus' name. Everybody, so let this new year be a new day. And Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19 says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Let me say it again. Forget. If you're having memory loss problems, <laughs> walnuts are good. If you're having memory loss problems, forget certain things. Here's what you need to forget. The past. Don't dwell on the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the job that didn't work out. Don't dwell on, you know, a relationship that went wrong. Don't dwell on the city that you left. If you move from another city, another country to Perth, establish yourself, lock in on Perth, lock in on the house of God, establish and don't look right, don't look left. Don't live in the past. Don't talk about the past. The Bible says, forget the past. 
Don't dwell on it. It's a new day. Verse 19 says, see, I'm doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. It springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. And he goes, don't you perceive it? Everybody, God wants you to see what he's doing. Can I encourage everybody here right now, wherever you've come from, whatever you've done, you need to forget it. Forget it. Yeah. When Sue and I moved to London from Sydney to plant church there years ago, uh, we had to go, right, Sydney's done. Sydney's over. Yeah. And we had to embrace uh, living in London. Yeah, and I had to embrace Great Britain. And my wife told me there are many things great about Britain. And all the British said. <laughs> The passion was overwhelming. (laughs) Screaming on the inside. (laughs) I do embrace all things British. And uh, and there's many great things to embrace about Britain. And I had to love, find all those things, love all those things, and I did, and I do. But when we came to Perth, Sue and I had to go, the Lord was sending us to Perth to plant Global Heart Church. Sue and I had to say, the door is closed to London. The door is shut. Uh, I had the coolest time in London. It was so fun. I ended up with friends with so many creative people and they were in our church. And then the Lord said to me, that's done. This is now. Everybody, that's done. This is now. Come on. That's done. This is now. That's done. This is now. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have fond memories about things, but don't live in the past. And, uh, and I love uh, Sue. Sue's so great at decluttering our lives. So I think you heard the story before that I like a little bit of clutter. I call it classic, keeping classic traditional things. Sue calls it clutter. And uh, we heard the other day that in Perth, we buy 15 kilos of new clothes every year and we throw out only nine. <laughs> I think that's the girls. I think the guys don't throw anything out. The guys don't throw anything. Oh, does it need throwing out? Anyway. But... Uh, yeah, so we buy 15 kilos per annum, we throw out nine. Well, Sue will sometimes say to me, hey, what are, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? And she's right, because there's things that we need to look at and say, do we need that? Is that meant to be with us now? Um, do I need that cutting up my life? And so everybody, I want to encourage you, think about things in your lives and think, really? Is that meant to go with me in the next season? Is that meant to come with me on this journey? Does that need to go? Or does that need to stay? And uh, here's a thought. The external is often a representation of the internal. The external in our lives is often a representation of the internal. Now, if the external is good, that's good. But sometimes there's things in our lives, like if I was come home and go into your bedroom and your bathroom right now, what would I see about your mind from your bedroom and bathroom? Some of you are saying, you think I was crazy. We've got to think about these things because the, basically the Bible says what's in us, we bring forth. That's what the Scripture says. What's in us, we bring forth. So we need to think about, hang on, what am I bringing thought, forth and address what's in me? Have I got clutter in my heart, clutter in my thinking? Have I got things that I need to forget? Have I got things I need to leave? Have I got things I need to put on Facebook Marketplace because they're just cluttering my life? Um, that's not your children, by the way. Do I need to let other things go? <laughs> Some of you parents, I know, if you're dodgy. We need to go, what is, what is cluttering up my life? And go, Lord, help me to give that to you in Jesus' name. Cluttered life, cluttered mind. Cluttered life, cluttered heart. So you've got to go, hang on, new year. 
This could possibly be a new day in my life, in Jesus' Name. You know, when the Bible says forget, I really think that if you're forgetting, then you are looking to action God's will anew. If you're really forgetting, not just, oh yeah, I'm forgetting, just la la la, no. If you're really forgetting, you're going, I need to action something else. I need to do something new. If you're forgetting, you're moving forward and you go, I need to action that. Jordy spoke about going to Connect Group. I read a stat today that if you join a church in one year, if you get serving or get into a connect group or both, you'll stay in that church and God will be able to move through you into His purpose. But if you don't get serving and and don't get into connect group, you'll be out and you'll wander around lost for another 20 years. You've got to get in, strike. As soon as you become a Christian, hey, how can I help at church? Uh, You've got to say, come to connect group. Hey, how can I help? And, uh, and then from there, God is able to position you and move you forward into His purpose and plan. Be very careful, everybody, of spiritual talking people. Be very careful. Because I, I could not care, after 42 years, the spiritual stuff people said to me, I'm like, where is your fruit? Are your children serving the Lord? Uh, or, you know, did you do your best to lead them? Are you in your destiny? Are they in their destiny? This is the things, everybody, we need to get real and go, hang on, Sue and I were like, we, we are not staying in that life. We're done. We want what Jesus promised. We want the new life. We want the new future. You know, you might want the small stay back in old life. We were done. We'd like, we, we sent an email out. I don't know. We have moved address. We now live in God's purpose and destiny. And that actually even impacted who we began to hang out with because we were also looking for people who were beginning to action God's will or already had actioned God's will. Oh, you're gone. Are you listening so well? What's happening here? Here's a good thing. Just say amen when it's good. Amen. All right. You'll keep me, keep me moving if you do. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he or she thinks in their heart, so is she, so is he. Fresh, you're thinking in your heart, so are you. So forgetting the past means I'm beginning to action God's will and I'm beginning to think new thoughts about myself. What you think about you will walk and talk in you. The devil lies. He says, you can't make it. You'll never be anything. You'll never get forward. You'll never get ahead. You'll never change. You'll never life. You know, I just like again, Justin, our Rwandan son in Zambia, who's on our pastoral team. His family is mostly killed in the genocide. Uh, 70% of his people were murdered in Rwanda. Actually, and the murderers are in this generation. They lost one million of their people. And so he's got every reason to sit down, to be ineffective. His grandparents were killed terribly. He's got every reason to sit down and just be, oh, you know. Well, he's the most get up and go person who's decided that's happened, I can't change it, I can't get my grandparents back, can't get my cousins, can't get my uncles and aunties, and by the way, is working daily to forgive those who did it in this generation and to move them back into the villages, move them back, the people who did that. In Australia, we have problems with people who've got nothing to do with anything, and he's actually, in that generation, they are working now to forgive you. They know that you killed. He knows that people killed his family and they're working daily to forgive them now in this generation. But he's made a decision. I'm, I'm getting up. So he's so busy now and so excited now and got his hand to the plow and he is like, he is conquering because, listen, number one, he decided to forgive. 
He said, I can't have unforgiveness take up any space in my heart. I can't allow it. No forgiveness, unforgiveness. It cannot. What happened to my family was terrible, but I cannot allow that to take up any space in my life and they would not want it to. So I give that to God. And so now conquering, going forward, marching on, doing so much. Everybody, he's been through so much. You can't, you can't even get close to that. I don't care what you've been through. You can't get close to that, losing 70% of your people. Yet he's up and he's happy and he's praising God. Why? He's made a decision. He's made a decision. You're one decision away from a miracle. You're one decision away from a miracle life. You're one decision away from God supernaturally using you. One decision. But you also may have to leave somebody behind. Sorry, I love you, see ya, it's been good. There's people who we cannot walk with because they are filling our spirit, our heart with all their cynicism and their stuff. And we cannot go forward if we're filled with that because then we think like them. And I'm like, I can't think like you, I gotta think like Jesus. (laughs) I gotta think God's thoughts about me. So as you think in your heart, so are you. So God's future for you, God's future for your family, potential family, God's future for those that He will use you to minister to is too important for us to allow others to ruin that. So you have to be careful. So smile sweetly and navigate around some people. I'm smiling, I'm friendly, but I'm navigating around because not everybody wants to address themselves. You know how sometimes we just say, oh, look, I'm just always like that. I'm just, you know, I just tend to be negative. (laughs) Negativity is unchallenged thinking. Say it again. Negativity is unchallenged thinking. Every person here could be negative. From my childhood, I could be negative from here for the next 500 years. But I have to challenge my thinking and go, hey, that thinking is not right. Jared, your thinking is not lining up with God's Word. Your thinking is not lining up with who God says you are. So I challenge my negative thinking and say, Lord, help me to give it to you. And here's the thing. I can tell when I'm maturing as a person, (laughs) let alone as a Christian, because I'm able to regulate my negative feelings and emotions. And I'm able to not let them lead me any longer because I'm giving them to God. So if you are able to regulate negativity, feelings, fears, rejections, whatever it is, and you can say, right, one just landed. Here you go, God, I'm giving it to you. Then you need to go, wow, I'm growing up. Gosh, I got to 32 and I'm finally going through puberty. This is fantastic. What a breakthrough, because I'm regulating my feelings. You ever watch little children, they just be out of control, can't regulate anything. Some of us are not winning because we still don't challenge our thinking. And uh, some of us are in Christian families where our Christian families have never even thought about challenging their thinking. They just go with whatever they think. Very difficult, very difficult, especially for someone like me. He came into my family and got saved and then they got saved and then I began to go, I really going to follow God and then I started to just challenge their thinking even without saying anything. Because I started to sacrifice. They'd be like, what are you doing? I go, with well, Jesus first. They go, but we've got a picnic on Sunday. I said, nice. We'll get there after church. And they'd be like, and then so-and-so's birthday is the following Sunday. Yeah, great, nice. We'll be there one o'clock. 
God's first, God's first, God's first. Then people in my family, they were, hang on, I said, no, no, Sue and I are calling in God's first. We've got to go for that. So God's first. (laughs) They'd be like, oh my gosh, you guys, you Christians. You're so annoying because you're like real ones. How frustrating are you real Christians? Sue and I like, we weren't trying to be frustrating. We were just trying to be real. We didn't want to be fake. We didn't want the boys to be fake. Thank God they're not. Didn't want that, but that's a challenge to people who are looking the part. Negativity is unchallenged thinking. So cynicism. Lose the cynical, oh yeah, I know what church is like. Oh yeah, I know what God is like. Oh yeah. Everybody challenge that. It's like poison. You allow that into your spirit, it will poison your destiny. Never develop a cynical spirit or a wounded spirit. Give it to God and um, say, Lord, help me to have a sweet heart. I got my hair cut yesterday and the barber said to me, oh my gosh, you're so young spirited. And I was like, I'm going to give you a tip. You're getting 10 bucks. (laughs) And I thought right about that. And I thought it's because I'm getting things out of my heart. I'm getting cynicism out. I'm challenging negativity. I'm challenging fears. I'm not living in the past. And he's like, oh, you got such a young spirit. He got 10 bucks. It was good. Let's see what he does next time. Anyway, the Christian life is firstly an inward journey. Remember that, everybody. You know, God, God's power comes to a surrendered life. God's power comes to a surrendered life. If I get a little bit tired of something, I get tired of Christians who never have a supernatural story of what God's doing in their life. Yeah. If I was to say as a pastor, I get, what would you get tired of? I get a bit tired of like people never, I say, what's happening in your life? Oh, well, you know, I'm like, come on. Come on, people. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Do something that makes the angels and God go, whoa, yeah. gee, we got a live one here. Yeah. You need to be coming with your supernatural story. God did this to me. Not just, hey, I like Pastor Jared's story. I like Pastor Luke's story. I like David and Cindy's story. No, what's your story? You need to tell us your story. But you got to do something for God to move. You got to do something. But it starts with a surrendered life. I meet people all over the world, meet Christians all over the world, meet pastors all over the world, and I'm always interested to see who's surrendered to God. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Christians that I talk to and they'll say, oh, look, I'm, belie- I'm going to go to that university and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm, gonna, I'm getting married to her and I'm going to do this. And I'm like, and where's Jesus in this? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, he's, he's there too. <laughs> I go, where? And they're like, well, you know, and what they mean is abstractly. He's abstractly there. Listen, everybody, you are not going to see the power of God unless you get out of the driving seat, get out, shut the door, go around the back of the car, get in the other side and say, Jesus, I'm in the passenger seat, drive on. You will not see the supernatural. Get out of the driving seat. You don't drive that well anyway. You don't drive that well. What are you doing that's so unbelievable? The amount of people think what they're doing is so unbelievable. I'm like, you don't drive that well. Well, he goes, like, great. Let Jesus take the wheel. That was a song, wasn't it? Carrie Underwood sung that, didn't she? Jesus, let Jesus take, Jesus take the wheel. 
everybody, let Jesus take the wheel. I was in Japan uh, and I'm getting ready to leave after being at church and doing the leadership kickoff for the year. And one of the young guys got to look after me. He's like 26. And uh, it was the most enjoyable 40 minutes as this 26 year old began to tell me what God did in his life. And I was just like, that's just fantastic. That's so great. But I realized again, this young man who's Japanese has surrendered to God. Here's what happened. I'll tell you, don't give you a short version. So he's excited telling me he's got my bag and he's taken me to the bus station, then to the airport and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he got invited to church by somebody who got invited to church by somebody else who got invited to church. So he said, I was the third person down. And the other two invited me because they got invited by somebody from church to come. And he said, what happened was we were all kind of connected through sport, through soccer. And he said, and what happens, we got near the day, they had things happen, they didn't go, didn't tell me they weren't going. So he said, I went to the church. So he said, I'm the third invite, I go to church. When he hears the gospel, he said, I just sat there and was like so impacted. He said, I didn't even know what was happening. But he said, I, in the service, started to surrender to God in the service. And he said, I could feel God's love touching me. So anyway, he said, when the service stopped, he said, everybody was being friendly around him. And he said, I just started crying. And he goes, I couldn't stop crying. And he said to me, Pastor, I didn't know why I was crying. I just cried and I couldn't stop crying. And he goes, and I could feel this love. And then I felt hot. Then I felt this love. Then I felt hot. Then I felt this love. And I'm like, I'm like, this is the best story ever. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm loving it. I've got my, I've got my bag at one stage. I'm like, wow, what happened then? And so he said, then I got home and told my parents, they worship ancestors, you know, ancient ancestors, that I became a Christian. So he says, Pastor Ed, it got really exciting because my parents cancelled all my bank accounts and wouldn't let me have any money. <laughs> he goes, so now, he goes, I become a Christian. He goes, I knew God had touched me. He goes, and he goes, I have absolutely no money. He goes, I live three and a half to four hours walking away from church. So he said, I had one option, walk to church. So he said, every Sunday, I walk three and a half hours to four hours to church. He said, no one knew. My parents wouldn't give me any money. He said, I would take some food from home. And he goes, and every Sunday, and he goes, when I go to church, I didn't want to tell people, hey, I've got no money. So he said, I just love being at church. And, uh, and he said, and I'd pray and say, Lord, can you tell somebody I have no money? <laughs> And so he said, sometimes people in the church would come up and just give him some money and he'd be able to get the train home. And uh, sometimes people would give him food. And he said, one day, he said, I'm walking. And he goes, and here's what he said to me. He said, I said to Jesus, listen, I surrendered to you, Jesus. And he said, I just felt happy when I said it. And I, and I said to him, I bet then when you walk, this is what I said to him, those three and a half, four hours to church, it felt like one hour. And he goes, oh, Pastor Jared, how did you know? <laughs> said, because I've done similar. He said, I followed Jesus. He goes, I felt like it was like one hour and it was like three and a half, four hours. I couldn't believe it. The power of God came on him and graced him to do what he couldn't do. Listen, because he surrendered his heart, his life, his attitude, his fear, his rejection, his attitude, his fear, his rejection, his attitude, his negativity, he surrendered it. And he said, I was walking along and he said, I was actually really hungry. And he said, I'm in the middle of one of my long walks. And he said, I said to God, God, mum and dad will not give me any money. And he goes, what am I gonna do? And he said, a man walks up to him in a suit jacket, a Japanese man and gives him 5,000 yen. That's about $65. 
And he said he was so shocked. This man just walked up, grabbed his hand, put the money in his hand. And he was so shocked to see it just after he prayed. And he said, Pastor Jared, I turned around to thank the man. And he said, the street was empty in Japan. There was no one there. And he said, I had my train ticket and I had money for sushi. (laughs) Guess what? He went by faith, three and a half hours. Three and a half hours, people gave him money. He's now becoming a pastor. At Lifehouse Tokyo. I think that was the best part of my trip. Like hearing him. Everybody, that's meant to be your story. But you've got to surrender. You've got to say, God, Lord, I need to help me to surrender to you, to your will, to your plan. But you can't see what God's doing when your eyes are on people all the time. Same as to look at what they say, what my mom said, what my auntie says, what they say, what that Christian's doing. Get your eyes off them. He never mentioned another person to me, not once. He just said, I kept saying, Jesus, help me surrender to you. And now he's got married, married a beautiful girl. She's passionate for Jesus as well. And he goes, Pastor, this is so exciting, this life, right? And he goes, I'm so grateful that the third invitation came to me. He goes, because when I took it and I surrendered to Jesus, he goes, my life is so exciting. And he told me, my parents came the other day to hear him speak. He said, my parents came and uh, my mother said, you were so great. I still don't believe what you said, but you were so great. (laughs) So he said to me, that's a very good beginning, Pastor Jared. Don't you think? I said, that's a marvelous beginning. Everybody, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. And the last part, the last part of the verse, in verse 19, it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Here he is walking three, four hours in Japan. God says, I'm making a way in the wilderness, making a way, streams in the, in the desert. Everybody right now, some of you are in a wasteland and it's of your own making. We don't hear that in the church life. It's always the devil attacking. No, it's not. Sometimes the devil is sleeping out at our house because he's like, you got this. He's just thinking like, yeah, you got, I don't even need to do anything to you. Your decisions and what you come up with. The devil goes, that's a good one. <laughs> the devil's like, you're going to wreck your life completely. The devil's like, I wasn't even going there. I wasn't even going there. But you come up with it. You know better than God. Well done. The devil's like, I'm loving this. He's, he's, he's sleeped out. He's couch potato at your house. He didn't have to do anything because you're doing your own wilderness. Everybody, can I encourage you as we finish? Back out of your wilderness. Back out of your wasteland. Back out. Tell somebody, I'm backing out. (laughs) Tell somebody, I'm resigning from negativity. Tell them I'm negative over everything. I'm resigning of that. Resigning, Resigning over cynicism. Resigning. I'm backing out, backing out. And just start telling people, I've got some new friends. My friends are going to be happy people. (laughs) Not happy because they're putting it on. Happy because they're surrendered. Look for surrendered believers. Because if you look for surrendered and get around them, wow, the anointing on them will overflow onto you. The the power of God on them, the grace on them will get on you. In Jesus' name. (laughs) But you've got to go to, to Jesus. Last story, last little funny story. Rod and I were on a chairlift. We had a day skiing. 
But Pastor Rod was on his snowboard, 63, 64 on the snowboard. He's really good. But he came off and he went straight to the fence accidentally and I didn't notice. I just skied away. And he went, he went straight through the fence and down the hill into like where you can just be buried alive in the snow. And uh, anyway, it's a funny story. But because <laughs> I, I could hear an Australian talking in Japanese. And I was like, that's a funny Japanese accent. Anyway, so I had to go and call and get people to help him and get him out. And, and, you know, we had, to, we had to sort it out. And uh, what was really funny, when I got home, I was telling Sue and telling Jordan about it. And then my two-year-old grandson says straight out, so Papa, you had to get rescue services. And I went, huh? What did you say? He goes, you had to get rescue services because if that happened, you had to get them to get you out, didn't you? I said, well, it wasn't me, it was the other guy. Anyway. <laughs> I was, I was shoot, like a rocket. Anyway, no. Anyway, and I was so touched by the fact that that's come from, what's the show? Whatever the show is. It's come from Micah. Probably heard it on Paw Patrol. I don't know. But he knew when you have a problem, call rescue services. He's two years old. Some of you have been going to church for 20 years. You still ain't calling rescue services. You need to call the Lord. Say, Lord, help! Jordan's got it sussed at two years old. You needed rescue services. And I thought, wow, (laughs) you're right. But that's what we need to all get. I need to get rescued here, Lord, because I'm not getting the real deal. And I want what you have for my life. Everybody, get what God has for your life. Call rescue services. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.